And this is the Floorball Guru Podcast, episode 73. Welcome back to the Floorball Guru Podcast. Today we are going to continue um, a series of conversations that we've been having through blogs and through other things about kind of where we are in the sporting world and trying to get an idea, even for ourselves, as to what the sporting world will look like going forward. Now, as we sit right now, it's, you know, end of April, going into May of 2020, we're looking at a complete shutdown of everything that we've primarily known. And that's forced a lot of us to not only reevaluate what we're doing, but try to think of how we're going to push forward, especially when we look at sports, specifically youth sports. And youth sports are at a huge a disadvantage to some degree, depending on how you, how you look at it, because we have built a structure around um, telling players what to do, when to do, and how to do it, and having that hands-on. And while there's a lot of value to that, in a lot of ways there's hampered to that. We've talked about that a little bit in the past where now is a great opportunity for, for people to have freedom over their training, freedom over their expression of play and things like that. And what's happened as a result of that is we've shifted how, to, how do we reach players, but not just how we reach the players that we currently have. How do we reach develop, and develop players that are coming up um, as a result. Now, I just imagine if for some reason we were to lose this summer as far as programs uh, from the traditional model, um, will, how and will that impact? Uh, and is that necessarily a bad thing? Will people figure out a way to do it? Um, and it's been interesting to see how everybody, at least in the beginning, pushed heavy for um, being able to do different workouts digitally and, and going online. And there were a lot of different videos and everyone was getting creative. And there was this big surge of people kind of coming together and really trying to figure out how to do this. Other people were late to the game. Um, I think a lot of people were waiting to see if we were actually going to be able to open up earlier than we have. And because we haven't, a lot of smaller businesses and organizations are really starting to figure out that they have to struggle and that there are things that they need to do in order to get back into people's mindset. And so the focus has been on developing, um, you know, the youth the youth model, but from a digital standpoint. So doing videos and talking about how people can still continue to train and grow and do those things at home and still have a, a semblance of training and development. And there's some minus, pluses and minuses to that. But when we look at strictly a youth development and how can we teach and train and, uh, and do those things at the, the introductory levels, they're going to be, I think, hurt the most right now because uh, they thrive on that in-person and having kids in those classes and having those touch points and all those other things that, that I love and miss about not having my classes. And so, you know, I spent a lot of time at the beginning myself developing videos and content and trying to do little things that I would do normally in my classes, but now I'm doing it in a video hoping that the kids that I'm usually dealing with will see that and then will take the onus on themselves to train. 
And there's been um, a mix of that. Again, people were doing it right away, and now it's kind of waned a little bit as people have kind of realized, you know, how do they function and, and work in this new world that we've create, been created into, or kind of dropped off into, if you will. And at the same time, it's such a potential if we can figure out how to do this, because I hate hate wanting to say this. I don't think that, while I don't think this is going to be around forever, I do fear that we will be kind of seeing these things come in waves periodically from time to time. I think we've figured out how, at least in some way, to respond and react to it. But at the same time, when we look at the sports, for instance, that is at a, a, a crucial disadvantage or a, um, uh, you know, a, a crutch, if you will, or something along. I'm trying to losing the word in my head. I know what I'm trying to say. Um, but it's a disadvantage because if this comes around, we got to shut everything down and then what, and how does that impact players and how does that impact schedules and leagues and can they shift and can we do different things to, to make it work? And so I think one of the nice things to think about in this time frame is to really reevaluate how we are teaching, how we are training, how we are presenting or setting up our programs because we will then have to be able to react to this going forward. And for me, the biggest challenge has been how do I reach new customers or consumers or even just get the message out there in general. And I think that we will continue to see innovation in the positive way to, to kind of figure this out. But unfortunately, like a lot of other things, the onus then becomes on the, the participant, whoever is consuming that, uh, that content then has to really kind of take it on themselves to follow through with it. And that can be a much more challenging prospect depending on, on what your medium is or what you're trying to put out there or sell or any of that other stuff. Uh, so it will be, it will be interesting as we look at, at that going forward, but it's been, it's frankly, it's been a fun process too. While it's been uh, scary on a lot of a lot of instances, it's been a lot of fun for me to think outside the box, to try new things, to try to get out there and figure out what am I doing right, what am I doing wrong, how can I prepare if this does happen again, how can I um, maybe react to it differently so that it's better prepared. And I think when we think about youth sports and how to set those up. Those are the things that we have to be aware of and have to be thinking of. I don't necessarily have an answer for that. Um, you know, even when we come back, depending on the guidance that, that I'm getting from the governor, of which I am set and ready to go, if it changes from, you know, a model where I could handle 20, 30 kids in a class, and now I'm being told no more than 10, that changes the impact that I can have. Um, not only just with the impact that I can have with the kids, but also with the parents that are sitting there in my classes and watching and consuming and and I'm able to interact with them and really build that community. A lot of that community is going to change and it's going to take a lot, a different effort to kind of reach into that or tap into that community, which is what is so crucial when we look at how do we retain and develop and build and find those followers and find those people that are so passionate, they're going to help you market just by their word of mouth and things like that. Everything will change. And I think we need to think about that, at least be prepared for that. 
and be able to move forward appropriately. For me, I have summer camps that I've already got planned. Now, if that means I'm only allowed to have 10 people, is it better for me to break up my summer camp into a morning and an afternoon session, maybe lower my cost and do shorter three-hour sections of time because I can potentially get more or at least offer more or get more opportunity for people to come through, through those different sessions. Same with my classes. Do I offer more classes, uh, maybe shorter time frames, but offer more of them so I can, I can uh, you know, for the same amount of people, basically? Or am I able to get more because of that? And these are a lot of different questions, a lot of different scenarios that we have to sit down and think about is what's going to work and how is it going to play out and how are we going to do all these different things, especially when we're coming out of this and social distancing and, and how this will look. And, you know, these are just things that I'm trying to think about, too, and what's going to be the most effective way to do that. How do I sanitize the equipment in between? Do I require everyone to bring their own and then just leave it at that? Um, you know, there's all these different things that we have to be thinking about and it's just a reality of where we are now. And I think going forward where we will be to some degree. Uh, and I think it's really important to use this time to just sit down and prepare and think and kind of walk through a lot of this stuff. So yeah, it is a, it is a crazy time right now, but I am thankful and fortunate, um, to be healthy and to be safe with my family. And I hope whoever is, whoever and wherever you are, you are in the same boat. Um, but I am looking forward to getting out of this and getting back to, um, the in-person and getting hands-on with, with, with the kids as far as floorball is concerned and working with other organizations and, and doing all these other things that I really miss doing. So, if you're looking for more information about floorball, check out my website, www.floorballguru.com. And most importantly, keep floorballing.